night, just about two or three, they're always kind of going to grace through the scripture, but Genesis chapter, uh, a couple, three things. Genesis, let's go to Genesis chapter two, first of all, and verse number six. Uh, Genesis chapter two, verse number six. And uh, I am sorry, Genesis three, verses number six. How about that? Nothing like get started off on the wrong foot. Genesis 3, verse number 6. And the woman saw that the tree was good for food. We're kind of preaching a journey through Genesis. Foundational. So many great truths are found about life and salvation. Everything. Everything you need to know. The woman saw the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, tree to be desired to make one wise. She took of the fruit thereof and did, she, and did eat, and she gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. There's three things, and I'm not going to preach on this, but there's three things there. There's three things she saw are good for food, pleasant to the eyes, desired to make one wise. First John chapter 2 talks about the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Those are the three things they fit right together. Those three temptations and things that got her are in 1 John chapter 2, verse 16. By the way, in Matthew chapter 4, Jesus was tempted three times. Exact same things if you study them out. So you have it in Genesis and in the Gospels and in 1 John. You have this pattern shows you how Satan is going to come at you. Well worth your study to study those three times in the Bible about how Satan and sin works uh, to get at us. Verse number seven, the eyes of both them were open and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. This is the world's first false religion. And this is going to get carried through in chapter four. But tonight I just want to talk about some of the world's first false religions. And then we're going to talk about Abel as a picture of Jesus Christ. Let's go now to Genesis chapter four. And this is, of course, after the fall and after they've been driven out of the garden. And uh, in verse number 24, chapter three, chapter four says, And Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain and said, said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. At least Eve knew where babies come from. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And, uh, and she, she also knew it was male. She's way ahead of us nowadays. Amen. <laughs> you can learn a lot from Genesis, I promise you. But anyway, uh, verse number two says, and she again bare his brother Abel, and Abel was the keeper of the sheep, but Cain was the tiller of the ground. In the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering. Now, keep in mind, it said Abel was a keeper of sheep and Cain was a tiller of the ground. In process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, you see these two contrasts here, and Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering, but unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth and his countenance fell. Verse number six, the Lord said unto Cain, why art thou wroth? And why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. And verse number eight tells us about the two first brothers ever on the face of this earth, and one of them killed the other. Yeah, right. Boy, you can learn a lot from there. You've had family trouble? First family did. How would you like one of your, set, one of your children to have killed one of the other ones? You think you've had trouble? You think you've, had, you think you've woke up in the morning with a heartache? You think you've laid your head on your pillow? How'd you like to have your firstborn son killed, secondborn son? 
This is how things started out. And you listen to me. This is a curse world. One of the greatest things we can get that helps stabilize us in the midst of the storms of life is that God tells us right out the gate what sin is, what it did, and some of the effects of it and the curse of it and all the things that will flow out from it. Don't get shocked. I think one of the worst things that, that maybe happened in my generation is, is that I grew up in, in, a, in an America that's so different from what it is now and uh, just assumed that everybody was, you know, yeah. pretty decent kind of people and wouldn't do you wrong and, you know, all that kind of thing. And just, you know, we didn't lock our doors and we didn't have killings and all kinds of stuff. And you just kind of grew up in an innocence. But it's not that way now. We, we were kind of protected from all of that that goes on. But that's been going on from the get-go. So if you have trouble with family members, don't be shocked. And I'm not going to ask for hands to be raised, <laughs> okay? Because everybody, if you live long enough, you'll have trouble. But uh, anyway, Cain talked with Abel's brother, came to pass when they were in the field, that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and slew him. Now, I don't know what he used to do that with. You'll see these little deals about a rock. Well, I don't know. This rock doesn't say it's a rock. It might have been a stick. I don't know, but he killed him. And uh, he slew him. And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? Great statement right there. Are we our brother's keeper? We should be. We should take an interest in him. We should care. By the way, how many knows he lied there? He said, I don't know where he's at. My brother's keeper. Well, that's a wicked, wicked attitude. And he said, what hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. And now thou art cursed from the earth, which hath opened her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand. When thou tillest the ground, remember he was a tiller of the ground, and that's what he brought was the fruit of his labor to the Lord. It shall not henceforth yield unto thee or strength. A fugitive and a vagabond shalt thou be in the earth. And Cain said unto the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Boy, that sounds just like a self-conceited, victimized, self-victimization person. And we've got it all across this country. Poor me, poor me, poor me, poor me. My punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, thou hast driven me out this day from the face of the earth, and from thy face I shall be hid. I shall be fugitive and vagabond on the earth, and it shall come to pass that everyone that findeth me shall slay me. By the way, now he's living in fear. You know, he slew someone, now he's living in fear. But sin has just rippling effects in our lives. And the Lord said unto him, Therefore, whosoever slayeth Cain, vengeance shall be taken upon him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark upon Cain, lest any finding him should kill him. Do not ask me what that mark was. I don't know, neither does anybody else. Lord, help us preach tonight and feed the flock of God. In Jesus' name, I pray for your glory's sake. Amen. I want you now, we're going to look at this, uh, the world's first religion is again, you see it in Adam and Eve. They, they brought fig leaves and sold them together. And you see pictures of Adam and Eve, of course, in, in artwork down through the centuries. And that usually they have on this apron of fig leaves that they have on. And God rejected it. And this was the first gospel message ever preached in the Bible was God preaching the message of salvation through a blood substitute sacrifice Amen. to Adam and Eve. When you come now that their sons, this line of false religion really raises its head up. Abel brings a lamb and Cain brings the work of his hands. And so we're going to be looking at that tonight. Now, let's t- boys, if you don't care, put up Hebrews chapter 11, verse number four. And everybody kind of look at this verse with us. By faith, now watch this, if Abel is listed in this hall of fame of faith people. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice. It wasn't that Cain didn't bring a sacrifice. In fact, he did. 
he had probably worked hard. He had tilled the ground. He had labored. And he was very evidently very proud of it and considered it to be of great value and to be impressed God with. But there's a problem. That's not what God said to do. And and, uh, so it says he obtained a more, by which he obtained witness from God that he was righteous. Why was Abel righteous? Because he brought a blood sacrifice substitute. And God imputes righteousness to that person. That lamb that Abel brought to God was a picture of his faith in Jesus Christ, the Messiah, who had been promised in Genesis chapter 3, verse number 15. And what he was saying was this, Lord, I believe what you said. I'm going to obey what you said. I'm going to place my faith in a, de- in a dying substitute, a, a substitute that died in my place. So he brings this lamb and kills it. And God accepts that. And God rejects this beautiful, whatever it was. I don't know. He might have had sweet potatoes and who knows what. I don't know what he had. But he brought the labor of his ground and God rejected it. And he said, God testifying of his gifts. And by it, watch this, he being dead, yet speaketh. And Abel does, yet speak. He's speaking now in this church. Let's go to 1 John chapter 3 and verse number 12. Let's look at this again. Now watch what the Bible says here. Not as Cain. Now this gets pretty wild. Just to whet your appetite a little bit, we're going to get, we're going to move on up here. Just We're in chapter 4 tonight. In chapter 6, you have a deal where the sons of God came and the daughters of men. Thank you. I need good luck on that. All right. But I'm telling you, there's a lot of stuff. We just are now coming out this AI intelligence stuff. Now, I'll tell you something. Normally, I'm not interested in that kind of stuff at all. But this here kind of interests me because the other day, I said nothing to nobody about uh, something I was thinking about buying. I said nothing. I didn't say it out loud. I didn't say anything. And about three hours later on my phone popped up what I was thinking about buying. That bothers me. If that phone can perceive what I'm thinking. Now, here's what I think is going to happen. And I'm just diving off a little bit, but it appears to me that things are really superly being set up for the Antichrist. Let me think about God. Watch this. God knows your and my every thought. And if Satan can mimic, which is what he does with God, he imitates God, can mimic the ability to know what you're thinking. It will not take a week until the world will perceive that person as God. So I don't know. But artificial intelligence is probably one of the things that really throws rock, rock me. I'm not going to get off deep into it like that. I just, it speaks to me. But not of Cain, now watch this. And here's an interesting statement. Who was of that wicked one? Cain was of the wicked one. The Bible calls the Antichrist the wicked one in 2 Thessalonians. There is a line from Genesis to Revelation. There's a godly seed, the seed of Christ, and there's an antichrist seed runs all the way through, and they are personified in people. And when you get into this sons of God and daughters of men thing, it kind of gets dicey. And, you know, I don't know all of it. Now you'll find out. But he said, wherefore, and, and slew his brother. And wherefore, why did he kill, why, here's going to tell you, why did he kill Abel? Because his own works were evil. What did he do that was evil? Why is it the Bible says that if you don't believe on the Son, the wrath of God's upon you? 
did you do something wrong? I mean, did you, you know, did you know that just not believing on the Lord Jesus Christ, the wrath of God's on you? God said this man was evil. He was of the wicked one. And why was he of the wicked? Because here's the whole deal. He rejected God's method and way of salvation. So we're going to, and his brothers was righteous. Let's go to uh, uh, Jude, verse number 11. Woe unto them. And this is talking about, this is a book on apostasy, Jude is. For they have gone in the way of Cain and ran greedily at their Balaam. And there's three Old Testament characters in this verse. I've preached on these three before. They will tell you the sum and substance of false religion stuff. But the way of Cain, and he's mentioned Jude verse number 11. So now we're going to, I'm just going to say this tonight. And you're going to back up here. We'll get into some scriptures later. But there's only two kinds of religion in the world. And they're, they're given right here. One is through a blood sacrifice substitute by grace and faith. The other is by the works of righteousness that we try to do. And the Bible says, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he has saved us. Uh, let me, I'm just going to just get blunt here. You got Hindus, Roman Catholicism, Muslim, Buddhist, Mormons, JWs. And every kind of culture you can nearly imagine. Someone said in the 1980s, there were 1,600 new religions that came into the shores of America. And I believe part of that was through the fact that we are so involved in other countries and wars and all this kind of thing. And, and we bring all this stuff back to, to us. And America's never been the same since World War II. I'll just tell you that. Actually, since World War I. But um, there's only two kinds of religion. Not only, now watch this. I, I want to get this because God, God lays it out here. Not only Hindus, Muslims, blah, 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 but Protestantism in general. Yes. Protestantism, when somebody says they're a Protestant, that word comes from protest. Mm-hmm. Protestants came out of the Reformation of Martin Luther. Martin Luther was a Catholic who protested, he protested Protestant the mass and uh, the works of righteousness that the Catholic Church was teaching. And so he posted those 95 theses on the Whittingham door there. And, uh, and he started the Protestant movement, which is like you have your Lutherans now and so forth. And what it was is a break, Protestantism is a break away from Roman Catholicism. Now, in America, we have a lot of Protestant denominations. Now, some will say, and I tend to believe this, that the Baptists are not Protestant, that, that the mainline uh, old Baptists are not Protestant. And there's a certain amount of truth to that because there were believers who never were in the Catholic Church who were on this earth continuously preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, suffering and dying for their, for their faith. And they weren't connected up with the Catholic Church or the Protestant movement or anything else. Now, I want to say something to you. The, even like the Amish and the Mennonite deal came out of some of the anti-Baptist movement of the Protestantism. Okay? I'm not, try, I'm not here tonight to run nobody down. But, I'm, but, but you can just put the name tag, name tag, name tag, name tag. And what I want you to do tonight is this. And if you're listening to me online, I want you to listen very carefully. It doesn't matter to me what your name tag is. What I want to hear is a no and what, what's going to be important at the day of judgment is... Where, what have you done with Jesus Christ? Amen. 
And when you say that you've received him as your savior, do you truly believe that his sacrifice on the cross is totally and absolutely and forever satisfactory to God for the salvation of your soul? Because many, most of Protestant religions, and I I could name all the churches around if I want to, and I don't do that. I don't need to. But here's the question you need to ask. Do they believe that their performance and the way they live keeps them saved? Mm -hmm. Saves them or gains or maintains their, their salvation? Any group of any name tag that teaches you that you, by your performance, you maintain your salvation is a Cain religion. Amen. Because it is based upon the works of righteousness that you do. Amen. Now, this is a Bible fact. Amen. I'm not here to beat anybody over the head. I'm not here to knock anybody down. I don't care what your name tag is. Here's the real question. Do you believe that Jesus died on that cross and that he truly paid it all? And that when he did save you, that new birth and made a new man and, and, and saved you, that he literally gave you eternal life? And if it's eternal, it's eternal. But if it could stop, it was never eternal to start with. And the question arises, why did my eternal life stop? Or why did my salvation? I used to, I've heard people, I've had people tell me, Reggie, I, I got saved once. I used to be saved. Yeah. Or I've had people say, well, I've been saved five or six times. Yeah. <coughs> I'm not knocking those people. I'm just telling you this. They have not been taught right. They've not been taught biblical, biblical truth. They've been taught denominational lingo. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you tonight, you're either Cain or Abel here. Right. Yeah. You're either trusting in the blood sacrifice of the substitute Jesus Christ, blood sacrifice for you. You're trusting him and his blood that God punished him in your place. Or you're trusting how good you live. Right. That's the question I want to ask you tonight. What are you trusting? How good you live? Or are you trusting Christ? Because all false religions fall under these two men tonight, Abel or Cain. And God said he received, you read it there, he had a more, Abel had a more excellent sacrifice. God received his sacrifice. He rejected Cain. And I'm telling you something tonight. If you believe, think about this. Did Cain, did Cain believe in God? I'm going to tell you what both of them knew. Both Cain and Abel knew that there was a God. Both knew who the true God was. Both knew they were sinners. Both knew that they, that God must be approached with a sacrifice. By the way, when you say I'm going to church Sunday, what do you mean by that? You're going to a social club. You you can do that with the elks and the mooses. You're going to a ball game. What are you coming to church for? We're coming to church to worship God. That is the primary purpose of coming to church. I know that some people come to church to find, you know. <laughs> it's okay, amen. Good place to find a good wife, amen. Good, good husband. Reggie, what you going to do that for? Why do you come to church? You need to ask yourself, I came to worship. That's what it should be. Now, fellowship with God and fellowship with the brethren is involved in that. Bless God, Amen. Feeding and joying, blessings of, of, of your, your faith is in that. 
But primarily we came, brethren, let us, what? We, brethren, we have met to what? Worship. Worship and adore the Lord our God. That's why we come to church. Oh, listen, if we as a body of believers would just decide every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, and every Wednesday night, I'm going to church to worship the King. I'm going to worship my Savior. I'm not going just to make myself feel good or whatever. I'm coming to worship God. God is worthy of our worship. He is to be worshiped. But both these men came to worship, but one worshiped in a way that God did not accept. When you come to church, you must do what Cain and Abel did. You have to bring a sacrifice or you can't worship. What is the sacrifice that you brought tonight? The Lord Jesus Christ. He is my sacrifice that I offer to God. And because it's him, God is accepts and approve of that. God receives. Abel was, his, his was accepted. Cain's was rejected. If you go to church and you got this idea that I'm going to church to please God so God don't get mad at me. Or I'm going to church because if I'm not there, Reggie will wonder where I'm at. Hey, don't even worry about it. Just to be honest with you, I don't hardly... I, this is, I'm not, this is not any kind of boasting. Just, it's just an admission of how sorry a preacher I am. But if you don't come to church, I may never call you. I probably will, but I may not. And it all depends on what you've been acting like before you left. Next Sunday morning, I'm going to preach on unleavened bread. And you know what the Bible says to the body of Christ? Purge out. Did you know I can tell you about three months or four months before you leave the church that you're leaving? I can tell you. You're, and you say, no, I ain't leaving. I can say, yes, you are. I can spot it. That's just the honest truth. Now, if you don't come to worship him, then everything else gets in your deal. Everything else gets in your mind. You're not, it's not about worshiping God. It's, well, I'm here. I hope God's happy. I'm here. I hope dad's happy. I'm here. My wife wants to go to church. You really need to ask yourself, why did I come to church? Why did these guys come? Why did Cain come? Why did Cain do that? Well, as I said, they both knew were the sinners. They both knew how to approach God. You cannot tell me that Adam and Eve had not, they had learned how to worship God by the killing and the shedding of blood of an innocent sacrifice. If Abel knew it and he was second born, don't try to tell me Cain didn't know. He knew better. But he said this, I've got a better way. It's going to be so much nicer. Lamb's not going to have to die. Not going to be a bunch of blood spilling out everywhere all over the rocks and ground. It's not going to be blah while I cut his throat. It's not going to be a bloody mess. I'm going to bring fruit to the ground. It's going to be, man, it'll just be like a greenhouse. Well, I mean, it's going to be so beautiful. And by the way, it's just like churches. Everything's got to be, the music's got to be nice. And the pews have to be nice. And the lights and everything has to be wonderful. And we have to have this aesthetic experience. And he, we're not bringing Christ into it. It's all about us feeling good about ourselves. You ever notice this, pre- this modern day preaching? It's all about how to have your best life. Yeah, I mean, it's all over. Mm-hmm. 
It's all about this self. And people are bringing, and, and so it's came to the So they, they both knew how to pro, pro, prove God. They both, that, from both of them, they realized that, they'd be, that uh, they, they'd be rejected if they didn't for God. So both, but, so both had to provide their, their covering. They knew that. They both knew the covering was only by death of another. Either they must die or another place. There's a reason Cain went to church. But he died lost because he did not accept. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth. You notice that verse said the way of Cain? And then Jesus, I'm the way, the truth, and life. There's two ways, a narrow way and a broad way. There's two ways. This way is the way it works. So let's get back to this thing a little bit tonight about, okay, if you can, if you can, if you go into heaven is determined on how well you live, what is that? Works. That's works. I'm here to tell you tonight, God will reject it. Amen. He will not accept it. There's only one thing God accepts and God approves of, that's the blood sacrifice of his son. They both knew that mercy could only be extended after God's justice had been satisfied. But here's the deal. Cain blatantly and brazenly rejected God's word and replaced it with his own ideas about how I'm going to be saved. And that's exactly what, Christ, what religions do. There's two religions. I'll say this to you. Cain was not an atheist. Cain <laughs> was not an animist. He didn't worship the sun, the moon, and the stars. He didn't worship Mother Earth. I've always wondered where's Father Earth. Don't <laughs> talk about Mother Earth. I always wonder where Daddy is at. You know? Cain might have been moral. Fact of it is, you know, Cain might have been moral, been more moral than Abel. Who knows? You can be moral and die and go to hell. Cain was conscientious, very conscientious about what he was doing. He wanted it to please God. He was refined. He was he had maybe well-meaning, but as I said, Cain deliberately turned his back against God's revealed will. He openly defied and denied the word of God. Now, if you're in Roman Catholicism, you got to go through the seven. Somebody help me. Uh, Pam, you were raised Catholic. Is it like seven sacraments? Something like that. You, do, you better must not been a good Catholic. <laughs> Was you? Huh? You tried to be. <laughs> you tried to be. But anyway, they got these seven sacraments you got to go through. And if you're a Mormon, you know it, or Jehovah's Witness, you got to visit so many homes. I mean, they all got this set of works and stuff. You're working your way to heaven and things that you can do. I, I don't care. I ain't got time to go through it. They're all about, but they're all the same. Right. It's what we're doing is going to earn our way to heaven. The Canaanites, they were, uh, Canaanite refrigerant. Now, I want to tell you what's the biggest Canaanite I know, and that's a humanistic religion in America right now. Right. They won't, will not, they don't want to kill a cow, but to kill a baby. Right, right. They would not kill a lamb, but to kill a child. They rejected blood sacrifice savior, but embraced the satanic garbage. I tell you tonight that there's nothing mean on this face of the earth as religion is. There's been more people killed and slaughtered over religion. Let me just tell you something. Here back, you know, when uh, after 9-1-1 and all that stuff, the Muslims, they capture somebody, put them on a video, cutting their throat right in front of you. How demonic have you got to be to, to film, to do it, number one, and second, to film it? 
You talk about demonic. You talk about but oh, Allah, Allah, praise Allah, praise Allah. Yeah. Let's go to Mecca. Yeah. There ain't nothing more mean in religion. That's right. And Cain killed Abel. <clears throat> religion is mean as hell. <clears throat> so tonight, I'll just say this to you. I'm going to get on something else I like a little better, but I, we need you need to really ask yourselves. Because this is where I was important in my life. And I, I you know, I, no peace. When you think that it's how well you're living that's going to get you to heaven. I mean, you say, well, it ain't that serious. Yeah, it's desperately serious. God drove Cain out. God rejected it. He was not saved. And he disobeyed the word of God. And I encourage you tonight. Make sure that you've just placed your faith. Simply, get, Don't get away from the simplicity that's in Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, the song says, nothing in my hand I bring. Simply to the cross I cling. Now, I, I know you all know this. I know I'm preaching to the choir. But I want to remind you something. God put that in there for a reason. Cain and Abel are the picture of the two religions of the whole world. Grace or works. That's it. And the thing that bothers me is, oh, Satan, he's so slick that he'll let you, as it were, kind of have a faith in Christ. But really, the whole deal is how good I live. Watch that. That's dangerous. So now we're going to look at Abel as a picture of Christ. Just have a good old teaching time. Number one, Abel was a shepherd. Here, I want to tell you something. From, how many knows that from Genesis to Revelation, this book's about Jesus Christ? Amen. Abel's a picture of our Savior. Genesis 4, 2, he brought a lamb. He was a shepherd. He's a keeper of sheep. John chapter 10, Jesus said, the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Abel's a shepherd. Jesus is a shepherd. Abel, as a, watch this, as, as a shepherd presented the, his offering. Jesus presented his offering, which was himself, as a shepherd. Number three, Abel was hated by his brother. Yep. Put up John, uh, John 15, 25. This comes to pass that the word might be fulfilled that is written in their law. They hated me without a cause. Why did he hate? He didn't have no reason to hate Abel. Abel hadn't done nothing to him. But watch this. It was out of envy that Cain slew Abel. Matthew 27, 18, watch this. For they, he knew that for envy they had delivered him. The fifth thing, Cain or Abel did not die a natural death. He died a violent death. Yeah. Look at uh, Acts 2, 23. Him, Christ, being delivered by the determined counsel and foreknowledge of God, you have taken him by wicked hands, have crucified and slain. I'm going to tell you something. There's not hardly any more violent death than crucifixion. Right. <clears throat> Number six, he died a violent death by the hands of his brethren. Go to Acts 2.36. Therefore, let all the house of what? Israel. Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom ye have crucified both Lord and Christ. Number seven, the murderer was severely punished and he was. Jude, did you know what? When Jesus, in Matthew chapter 20, if he walked up and he wept over Jerusalem 
And he said, there's not going to be a stone left. But in AD 70, and I just read a count of this not too long ago, how Titus's army surrounded them. It's just horrible what went on there. And they carried those Jews. By the way, I'm just going to throw this at you. Guess who Cain's a picture of? Israel. You know, Cain was sent out just to, to wander, and you, you read it in your Bible right there in chapter four. After he had after he had murdered Abel, he was cast out as a wanderer and, and stuff. Same thing with the Jewish nation. After they crucified Christ, they were scattered across the world. I won't get into that tonight. <clears throat> Number seven, as I said, the murderer was severely punished. A.D. 70, the Jewish people were, by the way, the Jewish people, what did they say when they were, whenever they, before Pilate? Let his blood be upon us and our children. Severely punished. What, what happened in the Holocaust? The Russian pogroms, all down through history, the Jewish people have been severely punished. Number eight. Abel offered a, a firstling of the flock, the Bible said. It's in your Bible right there, chapter 4. Bible, look, put up Luke 2 7. Jesus, and Jesus, whoop, there it is. And she brought forth her what? Firstborn son. Firstborn son. Abel is a picture of Jesus Christ. Abel offered his offering to God. Hebrews 11 4, he brought this lamb. What did Jesus do? He offered himself as the Lamb of God. John 1 29, behold the Lamb of God. Look at 1 Peter. Let's go to 1 Peter 1 19. But with the precious blood of Christ as of a what? Lamb. lamb. Abel brought a lamb. Jesus brought a lamb himself. Number nine. Abel offering was by faith and it honored and magnified the will and the word of God. Hebrews chapter 10, verse number seven. Then said I, lo, I come in the volume of the book that is written to me to do thy will, O God. Above when he said, sacrifice and offering and burnt offerings and offering for sin thou wouldest not, neither hast thou pleasure therein which are offered by the law. Then he said he, lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first that he may establish the second. By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ. What? Once for all. Abel's offering was by faith. Jesus, by faith, he said, according to the scriptures, Jesus died according to the scriptures. Faith comes to hearing and comes by the word of God. Look at um, uh, Philippians chapter 2, verse 9 and 11. We're talking about this offering that Abel offered and the offering that Jesus offered. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that it's the name of Jesus every knee should bow, things in heaven, things in earth, things under the earth, that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Abel's offering was excellent. The Bible said in Hebrews 11, look at Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 2 about Jesus' walk in love as Christ has loved us and hath given himself for an offering and sacrifice to God. I want you to look at this verse. Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself. He was the offerer and the offering. It's an amazing statement in Genesis chapter 22 after Abraham had brought Isaac up there and God stopped him. But there's a question that his son asked, Isaac asked his dad. Lord, he said, where's, uh, where's the lamb? We've got the wood, we've got the fire. Where's the, where's the lamb? And Abraham made a statement, God himself, shall, God shall provide himself a lamb. 
And you talk about a statement of faith. And he said he's given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling savor. In the Bible, the sweet smelling savor meant this, that God is satisfied and likes that. And God, when we offer Jesus Christ as our sacrifice, God accepts that. It's a sweet smelling savor. It's acceptable in the sight of God. But the prettiest works you'll ever bring, your self-righteousness, God will reject. Number 12, God had respect and accepted Abel's offering. Look at Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 12. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins, forever sat down at the right hand of God. You know what that meant? God's satisfied with it. Amen. Not how good you're living. Amen. He's only satisfied with what you, your faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. Number 13, Abel obtained witness from God that he was righteous. Look at Luke 23, verse 47. Now, when the centurion saw what was done, he glorified God saying what? Certainly, this was a righteous man. Everything the Bible says about Abel and his sacrifice, it says about Christ and his sacrifice. Number 14, God publicly testified of the acceptance of Abel's offer. He even put it in the Bible in Hebrews eleven four 4 about it. And he said his blood still speaks. Jesus Christ in Acts chapter 2, look at Acts 2.32 this Jesus hath God raised up whereof we are all witnesses. In fact, God said something about his son. What did he say about his son? This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And the fact that God raised Jesus from the dead is the proof that he satisfied the just demands of a holy God. That's the evidence of it. And finally, Abel's offering still speaks. Hebrews 11, 4. <clears throat> Hebrews 11, 4. We could get that. There you go. By faith, offered, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by the which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testified of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. Look at Hebrews 12, 24. Hebrews 12, 24. And to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. Amen. Abel is a picture of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's not an accident. There's 15 ways that Abel is like our Lord Jesus Christ. You say, what's God doing? He's showing you his son from Genesis to the book of Revelation. Brethren, we have met to worship and adore the Lord our God. I hope and pray that when you and I come in this church house, we'll come in worshiping the one who died for us, the one whose offering is acceptable to God. <clears throat> I could preach for a hundred years. It would not save my soul. I could give every acre of land that I have and it would not save my soul. I could visit people in the hospital for 50 years and it would never save my soul. I could bring the best I've got and it will never save you. There's only one thing to save you. And that's a blood sacrifice, somebody dying in your place for your sin. <clears throat> all righty. Well, that's all I've got tonight. Aren't you glad? Say it. Can you say amen? Amen. He said amen. <laughs> <laughs>